Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Gaming the System, the podcast where three intersectional feminists uh, examine gaming through a feminist lens. Today we are Alex, Jem and Matt and we are here to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. So if this is not something you feel comfortable engaging with, we totally understand if you don't want to watch or listen, that's fine. But we are going to be talking about that game today. Um, before we start, if you want to support us, you can also subscribe to our lovely Patreon. And there's a link in this corner somewhere, uh, a QR code uh, where you can subscribe. And we release a special Patreon-only episode once a month. So check it out. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to discuss Hogwarts Legacy, a game that has been... <laughs> in the headlines it's fair to say after its release earlier this month um obviously we can't talk about the game without talking about the infamous jk rowling and uh, her horrible bigoted views that she's been uh using her platform to promote over social media and how our views obviously do not align with with hers because they are bigoted and hateful and transphobic um, so I guess first thing to start with would be our thoughts in general on, I guess, how we feel about the game and how we feel about people playing the game. <laughs> and I will come out here and say, I have bought the game and I'm playing it and I have mixed feelings <laughs> about that and that's certainly something that I've been thinking about in preparation for this episode but I want to obviously open up the floor and let you guys share your thoughts as well before I get into it I can explain obviously why I've decided to play it and that's completely my own decision and I respect other people's decisions not to play it as well like I completely understand why that would be the case um so if you guys wanted to share your thoughts please feel free shall I go yeah <laughs> um yeah I think mixed feelings is probably yeah. the best way to describe this I have sat down and thought about this long and hard over the last couple of days um and and it's not this isn't the first time that that this issue has come up. So I think what what's what I came down to was a, a fundamental thing that this is this is a fundamental question around sort of morality and how we handle people who do things that we don't like and do things that are against society or against our view of how society should be. And I think, you know, this is a big it's a big question and there isn't an easy answer to it, I think. So um, I haven't bought the game um, and I, I, it's not entirely down to, to, to any kind of um, moralistic stance um, or ethical position. Um, it's, it's mainly because I'm still playing The Last of Us 2 and, um, and I think that for me... Um, I can leave it a, a good time and then see how the how how it pans out. Um, and then you know, I suppose I'm fence sitting. I feel a bit mm -hmm. bad about that. I'm fence sitting. I have a huge amount to say on this. I'm just conscious that I don't want to. 
<laughs> just spend like half an hour <laughs> lecturing you all. Um, but I have thought about this a lot, and I and I've got a lot of views on what are we trying to achieve by boycotting the game. What does that do for our um, trans um, sisters and brothers, you know, and what does that do for um, people, the, the fight that's going on behind the scenes um, and what's the best way to support um, everybody whilst, you know, also living our lives and Mm -hmm. and, you know where do we draw the line how do we do all of that I I think it's a massive a massive question so um I have no um issues with the fact that you're playing it I know you are a massive Harry Potter fan and Mm -hmm. I am a big Harry Potter fan I read all the books loved them loved the films hate what JK Rowling (laughs) has been saying um and yeah, I think it's really sad actually that she's kind of it is yeah such a ridiculous argument and yeah you know, such a yeah so that she's taken such a crappy position so yeah Matt, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think uh, it's very it feels like it's a sort of a lit, it being painted as a bit of a lit test for whether mm-hmm. you're a trans ally or not mm. you know, that if if someone plays this game to some trans people that means that it's that's really bad and that you're not a true supporter but the so i i disagree with litmus tests the idea mm-hmm. of it like that yeah but uh the point is, if you're a true ally to trans people and you care about them and want to support them, even if a trans person was to say to you, Alex, oh, I can't believe you're playing this, I hate you, mm. that won't stop you being a trans ally. No. It yeah. won't stop you uh, coming on this platform. You wouldn't come here and say, you know what, we've been supportive and, and vocal and been allies on this podcast for two and a half years and a trans person said that they don't like me now, we're going to change the position of this podcast <laughs> and be virulently anti-trans. Well, mm. that's, that's, that's just not going to happen. Anybody, happen no. No. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's, it's, uh, I don't think I've mentioned capitalism for quite a while. <laughs> but um, I've been, last year I did an incredible um, union organizing course, which is like a global mm. course where there are thousands of organizers all over the world coming to do this online course about how you uh, effectively organize in either the workplace or in society. And that if we think about what the goals are of uh trans people and their allies it's to make their existence in society as effortless and celebrated (laughs) as not a big deal as possible that's the goal and the reason uh we're not dealing with reasonable people when it comes to uh transphobic people because they're 
the reason that trans people are being attacked is because they're a, mar- a small marginalized community with very little power and they can be scapegoated by corrupt politicians mm. and politicians mm. are corrupted because of capitalism. And as long as we have corrupt politicians, they're going to need scapegoats for the, um, for the meat grinder. And I think it's this Hogwarts legacy is an excellent place to be. It means everyone's talking about trans mm. rights now. Yes. Yeah. So it's bringing notoriety to the issue. Uh, whatever happens with this game is not going to, it's not going to be the, the this isn't going to be the fulcrum of trans rights are either going to eventually be realized or it's going to be the doom of them. Mm-hmm. but mm. the point of it is that we're all talking about it mm. and have either of you heard about um the uh trans girl who was murdered yeah. a few days ago yeah so brianna yeah yeah brianna right. gray she was murdered mm. uh, a young trans uh woman and a sign of the times is that in all of the newspaper articles that I've read about her, they all respect her trans identity. Mm-hmm. No one goes mentally ill boy convinced a girl murdered by confused mm. young men. Mm. So, yeah. So the point is we're talking about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that's... That's why I'm so glad that we're coming to have this conversation. Mm, definitely, yeah. Yeah. No, I think in terms of my playing the game, obviously I'm not 100% comfortable with some of my feelings around naturally J.K. Rowling, but and like her associations with what is essentially a product of her ultimate making. But in terms of when you think about how the films were obviously a big influence for this game. I think a lot of the um, art direction and the styles and the even the sound design, a lot of it's taken from like the David Yates era of the films, so films five to eight. Um, so in a way, it's definitely a kind of celebration of not just this one creator. <laughs> it's looking at the whole of the the whole of the creative mm. um, like output from filmmakers and all the other Harry Potter IP based things. It's, it's not just the one person, it's the talents and hard work of uh, an awful lot of people involved in making the game and in making the films and, and like all of that combined into this one thing, which a lot of, gamers and Harry Potter fans have essentially been, <laughs> been waiting since childhood for it is it is the perfect Harry Potter RPG um, if you will I haven't obviously finished the game I'm about 15 hours in more or less I had a break from it today <laughs> um, because it is one of those ones as you know uh, with any type of new game you get sucked in uh, and it becomes difficult to stop playing. Um, one of the reasons, I think, one of my main reasons for wanting to play it is because that world, the Wizarding World, 
it it kind of in my head it means what it means to me is is the relationships I formed at the times I was reading the books and watching the films growing up so I bonded quite a lot with my sister over the books and the films um and we got much closer through through that not just because of it <laughs> but it was one one thing that we used to be able to build our our um our relationship with each other and also a lot of my friendship groups obviously being born in <laughs> the time that we were being the age that Harry uh, goes to Hogwarts at the time the first film came out pretty much all of my friend groups would have been keenly aware of Harry Potter if not slightly obsessed with it growing up um, and I think I'm looking at it in terms of those positive memories and those relationships that I've built and reflecting on that now I guess which which in the short answer I guess you could say if you were nitpicking would be nostalgia mm. <laughs> but I don't want that to be like a an excuse for buying it just to ignore what what is obviously a very important and divisive issue for many and I don't want to downplay that part of it it's really difficult to talk about and I know like obviously there's been so much conversation over it and I think a lot of people are having these same sorts of feelings about it mm. where it just doesn't quite sit comfortably <laughs> even though it reminds them of all these wonderful positive things from their own uh, time with the books and the films because what you take from it is is what it means to you and the relationships you build through through it um, there's also this tainted element now <laughs> Uh, with with J.K. Rowling and the views that she's expressing, so I don't know if that kind of explains <laughs> my reasoning behind playing it. Um, like I said, I've got a lot of feelings about it, and I'm not sure I entirely can articulate them particularly well. Um, but I'm happy to talk about my experience as a game so far. Um, a little later on, uh, uh, one thing that did catch my attention earlier in the week was a Gamer Rant article about, let me see, a f former Dragon Age voice actor mm -hmm. who's done some voice acting for Hogwarts Legacy, it appears, uh, Greg Ellis. And I wanted to particularly get your opinion on this, Gemma, as a Dragon Age fan. Um, I, d I don't know whether you knew much about Greg Ellis before this article. No, I didn't. Um, <clears throat> um... Which goes to show, I think, a lot that some sometimes these things can be move in very small circles, and within those circles, you've, everyone knows what's going on. But beyond that, nobody has a clue. And I think one of the other in that article, one of the other voice actors said that they didn't know anything about mm. J.K. Rowling's opinions on on um, and transphobia, um, which she denies. Um, but um, I think, yeah, I, I, oh, I don't know. I, I think it's the same issue. I mean, yeah. I think for me, so I think Matt hit the nail on the head when he was saying, you know, we're talking about it. And yeah. so I think that we have to look at what are we trying to achieve by um, boycotting a game, for example, mm. so, or sacking somebody for in, inappropriate behaviour or, or, or offensive behaviour. What are we trying to achieve? Um, because then we can get a better idea on how best to go about it. So 
I think there are two two things that we're going to achieve. Firstly, we are not going to make a dent in J.K. Rowling's fortune, no. or yeah, or her her um, ivory position. tower. Yeah, yes. exactly. We're not yeah. going to do that. She's not going to care whether we buy the game or not from a financial perspective. So that's not the issue. If we, if everyone didn't buy the game, just for, I mean, I know that's not going to happen, but if everyone didn't buy the game, then um, the games company and all the people that work for it and all of those people, they would be affected by it. Um, but JK Rowling wouldn't. Um, so who are we punishing in that scenario? However, if we didn't buy the game and they didn't make any money, then they would be likely to make changes on who they worked with and what they did in the future. Um, so, for example, to take a positive example, you know, we've seen an increase in female protagonists, both in games and in movies and um uh, people of color as well. So, you know, there's been, and what we've seen is that when those people are in, in those positions, that everything still sells really well, or actually even better, it does really well. So we're seeing a, um, a capitalist motivation to be more diverse in, in movies and games. So there is a definitely, and everyone didn't buy Hogwarts Legacy, then then future decisions would take on board the behaviours of the originators. However, from the perspective of my love of Hogwarts, Hogwarts would be dead then. The world hmm. of Harry Potter would be out of the window because it would be a poison chalice. So there would be no more films, there would be no more games, there wouldn't because there's no way to disentangle it from J.K. Rowling. That's one aspect. That, that's a very extreme scenario. So the other issue is that if what we want to do is encourage people to talk about the issue and to, you know, just to be more... Yeah, because we have to talk about it in order to normalise it. We have to talk yeah. about it in order to get over the concerns that some people raise about these things and to understand what the things are that we need to think about, what the things are we need to worry about and what the things are that we don't need to worry about. Um, and so I think from that perspective, then you just need a few kind of key people to boycott the game, to talk about boycotting the game and mm. a bunch of other people to kind of mm. come along and do it a little bit. And then everyone starts talking about it. So from now on, every article, every review, every um, evaluation of this game will at least have a reference to this issue, which means that it's racist. And um, I think there's a there is a trans character in the in the game. There I, is indeed. I understand. Yes. So I think you know that's an example of how that's the issue has been acknowledged and attempts have been made to try and reconcile that. So I think the final thing that I wanted to say about this is that you know so when we've got some like a voice actor who's an arse or you know whatever <sighs> who will, the, that's not the issue here the, the, if I was going to boycott a game completely it would be because of the contents mm. of the game and yeah. um, I do understand that there is some problematic content in in um, Hogwarts Legacy because there's some anti-semitism in there um with regards to the um, 
goblins in the in the bank um and that's not an issue that i know a lot about so i i don't feel sort of comfortable to comment on it too much but i i know there are some other issues but as far as i'm concerned it's like if you want to boycott a game um because you're worried about the safety of women and girls you know you know or something like that then go and boycott i don't know well I mean, it, there are there are lots of issues here, and I think mm. people have to think about what they're trying to achieve with it. I think, I suppose, I think about it like I feel about vegans. <laughs> no offense to any vegans, but I really respect vegans. I mm. think they are awesome people doing an awesome thing for the world, actually. And I, I have, I genuinely feel like they have every right to sit on their high horses and you know feel very smug. But they're doing it so that I don't have to. You know, uh, there are other people. We we all have to make other changes because what they're doing is they're shifting the dial that bit further, and the rest of us now settle in the middle, which is a little bit closer to where we really need to be. And I think that's the thing. I think that, and I feel like that about people boycotting this game that they are they're right to boycott it. That they they do have the moral high ground. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, do you? I I completely disagree about vegans. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, yeah. Um, though another thing from this fabulous organising course is that the way the bosses, the powerful win, is that they make they change the conversation to make everything about individual responsibility. <laughs> So that oh, it's not it's not the um, it's not the system at large. It's the voice actor. It's J.K. Mm. Rowling. Whereas the problems stem from the system that we're yes. we are trying to game here. That says that these individuals are the problem. It's not capitalism. It's not patriarchy. It's these individuals. It's this small selection of trans trans people doing it and i i agree like i say this a lot that these the the way that this is that the developers and the studio have been dealing with it which is to they don't fall through to go we support jk rowling this is her brilliance and do all propaganda for her mm. the sort of they just want just push her away, just distance yeah. herself yeah. just because they want they want the money. They yeah. want the money. The yeah. studio want the money. And the fact that they think they're going to make more money by distancing themselves from J.K. Rowling shows that that things are going in a better direction yeah. rather than going backwards in this case. Yeah. And thinking about whenever I see this a lot like when I look at American politics. When you have the left wing come up, they get superstars, proper superstars coming out to support them. But then the right wing, they just find these B-list celebrity lunatics to come out. And But when you look at who's on J.K. Rowling's side and who's on our side, you get the voice actor of Cullen in Dragon Age, who no one's heard of until this, 
You get J.K. Rowling, big deal. Yeah, you get Graham Linehan, <laughs> Father Ted, IT crowd. Hasn't done anything for a while. But then when you look at our side, you get Pedro Pascal. <laughs> you get all of his friends. And just the and then you look at all like the bigger streamers like mm-hmm. Alana Pierce. Yeah. They're massively vocal advocates. And just the best we have the better people. The other side just has more wealth and resources to pour on it. Um and also I watched the new Black Panther film yeah. the other day. And that is the future mm, because it. it's mostly women yeah. and black women, and they are all very dark-skinned black women, mm. which is the, 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 uh, the level of representation there is insane. And also I watched the Super Bowl the other day, which is just absolutely it was epic, and it was the first time that two black quarterbacks have played each other in the Super Bowl. Oh wow! So, and I'll, probably, I'll come on. I'll come on to another bit later. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 money is in diversity. Mm. This Super Bowl, I think, is the most watched one ever, and oh. so that's good. And so, yeah, that's yeah. Hopefully, this is the kicking and screaming of a dying hatred. But I think that is true. I think it definitely does feel like it's you know that that these these people who that the transphobic people are you know as yeah a dying breed that they are on their way out. I think it's just how much damage are they going to do in the meantime on Mm. on that you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. devastating because the, J.K. Rowling is as privileged as it's possible to be. She has earned her way there mm-hmm. with mm. the money she has, but she is as untouchable by the risks and dangers that the average woman on the street faces. And we... The system gets us to oppress ourselves by getting us to fight each other. Mm. And there is not one, 99.9% of the women who are transphobic, they are no safer from male violence than anyone else. Uh, And and again, it's the focusing on individual things. Like the problem isn't trans women in bathrooms and bathrooms being a safe place it's that like the vast majority of women are murdered by someone who knows them who is close to them yeah and Mm. so the the violence that happens against women is almost always perpetrated by a man but look the violence that is perpetrated upon other men is also perpetrated by men, mm. which means that the problem is men yeah. being violent. And we have to look at why yes. are men violent? 
But we don't have to because we don't want to. So why don't we look at trans women instead yes. and yeah. blame them? And this is one of the things that, and this is what I was like going off. I got got confused, got my um, okay. arguments confused. But this is one of the things that has been really bugging me over the last few months, especially with with um, uh, what we've seen with the gender recognition, self ID, and things like that going on up in Scotland, is that. You know, there's so many men on the TV over the last few weeks mm. and the radio banging on about protecting women and girls when, you know, the recent high-profile cases where women have been mm. murdered, yeah. their families have been murdered. I mean, the, the awful case of the, the teacher in, um, in Surrey and College, her daughter. Yeah. And these are this is male violence, and and they're standing up there. These politicians are standing up there and talking about how they're going to protect women and girls, and from not from not actually from the threat, which is yeah. men. It is not trans yeah. women, <laughs> and I think you know it's just it's clearly you know a distracting attack can't see it as anything other than that either to distract us so that we're so busy in fighting that we don't get anything done or to just distract us from the fact that actually yes all men sorry matt but mm -hmm. you know <laughs> certainly all women i'll say one last one last thing in that the my I am worried that the RMT union and their strike is going to fail badly because they're not thinking big enough and that there isn't a we're in a we're in the stage of capitalism and global warming and everything where we need to be we we need to think bigger because we've been taught our entire lives that you need to be polite and ask by little bits and be reasonable. Whereas what the wealthiest people want is as extreme and unreasonable as possible. They want everything. Mm. They want absolutely everything. That's what we're fighting. So we need to demand everything back. And what they're, what they're doing is still doing, oh, we'll do one strike and then we'll do another strike. We'll follow the laws of doing it. Whereas what they could do is just go, right, we're not going to work for a month. Arrest me. Arrest me if we're breaking the law. Because that's, that's, that's what it's, it's going to take. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who knew we could get on to such broad <laughs> topics? <laughs> that's why I love we hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.